Seth, do you ever feel like we just talked? I feel like this time of year, I'll talk to you entirely too much. Step and step. Your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep, Greg Tepper. And I am the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We love you very much. And this is a confusing week because you may be thinking, wait a second, I just I just heard these buffoons. I just And you would I be just, right. You would be. But yeah. we are because this is the first week where I genuinely do not know what week to call it. Yeah, um, I think we've been doing it, what, like uh, week 12 slash by district, I think is what we've been calling it. I guess so. Like, I think or, we or just have to call it. it. That's how we've been writing it, at least. I think we just have to call it week 12, even yeah. though it's only, we're, this is only a podcast for 6A and 5A, and it's theoretically only, it's only their, not theoretically, it is in practice only their eighth week. Uh, but, it you know, it is what it is. Uh, it's a strange time, but we are here into whatever week this is. Uh, it's the week of November 10th-ish. Yeah. Um, We're pushing uh, through. And, yeah, we are pushing through. Um, We're here in Texas High is, School Football Heroes. Yes. This is your 6A and 5A preview. If you're looking for uh, 4A, 3A, 2A, and 1A coverage, uh, we've got you covered on Tep and Step because yes. Step and I recorded our uh, bracket preview uh, for 4A, 3A, and 2A last week, or yesterday, mm-hmm. rather. And the time has no meaning. And then, earlier today, if you check your, if you refresh your feed, you will see a very special episode of Tep Minus Step. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'm, oh. I'm cheating on You've, you. Yeah, I feel, I, I feel like I should send you <laughs> divorce papers right now. <laughs> I, uh, well, I called up Granger Huntress, our six-man football insider, and we broke down the 1A brackets. Uh, and so we, uh, yeah, we've got you covered from the playoff yeah. perspective. You have but been that's a still- prolific podcaster this week. Good God, dude. Because the thing is, we did hour long episodes of, um, of, um, uh, the TFT on Monday and Tuesday as well. I feel like I have been talking nonstop since Sunday, which yeah. is probably how my wife feels like all the time. But at least you get a break tomorrow. Cause pickle pickles cheating yeah. on you. She's going to Waco to do a thing. So no, yeah, she- no, uh, no TF today, TF today tomorrow, so you'll no. get to rest your vocal cords for a big week on Fox Sports Southwest. I will, but are you busting we... out the bow tie this week? What are you going to do? Because you bust out the bow tie in the first round of the playoffs. Is so are you yeah. busting out the bow tie this week, or are you waiting until the six A and five A start? I'm I'm going. To, I'm not going to mess with success. I'm going to do the bow tie this week. If if I'll give you a small preview, I'm doing an orange bow tie, and the orange bow tie is for uh, food insecurity. It's for it's for hunger awareness. Um, because I thought, for, I, I thought it was for Whataburger. I guess that's a little bit better. Little, well, I kind of. <laughs> well, I mean, those two things kind of go hand in hand. Though, yeah, they do. They sometimes do. when I, when I am very aware of my hunger, uh, I, I will go <laughs> look for the orange. Uh, but go. yes, so uh, I will bust out the bow tie this week. Uh, but this is your Week Twelve Six A and Five A preview. But Matthew, instead of starting with a Texas high school football fun fact of the week, I feel like we should start with the breaking news that. I think we just broke. I think we broke it, and literally I scrambled to write about 300 words uh, literally two minutes before we recorded the podcast. We were literally about to record the podcast, and I'm 
were like, um, I think some news just broke. We better get this out right away. As the, the UIL announces, uh, it's been the big question, how is he, was the UIL going to handle the state title games this year with 5A and 6A being split and the Big 12 championship game being kind of worked in the same weekend? And uh, the UIL gave us our answers today. Yeah, they sure did. Um, if you go to TexasFootball.com, you can see the schedule uh, they will have uh, when uh, they will they will have the as as expected. If you've been paying attention, if you're listening to this podcast and you're probably in tune with Texas high school football enough to know uh, kind of the basics, because the schedule was not going to change all that much as far as what what our trajectory presently is. But um, the small school four a and below state championships will be Wednesday, December sixteenth through Friday, December eighteenth. Uh, that would be – and so on Wednesday, they'll have the two six-man games at 11 and 2, and then they'll have the 2A Division two game at 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on Thursday, it'll be 2A Division one. It'll, it'll be uh, – Tuesday is, is – Thursday, rather, will be 11, 3, and 7, 2A Division one, 3A Division two, 3A Division one, uh, And then Friday, it is 11 and 7. Uh, it'll be 11 a.m., 4A Division two, and then the nightcap, the Friday night game, uh, the last Friday night – no, I can't even say that. Mm-mm. Ooh, can I? Is it the last Friday night game in 2020? No, uh, yeah, Christmas. it will be because Christmas there – no, there will be no playoff games on Christmas Day. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, 4A Division One uh, will be at 7 o'clock Friday, uh, Friday, December 18th. Then you have to jump forward a month to January – Friday, January 15th and Saturday, January 16th. This is actually pretty easy to, to understand. It's eleven and seven those two days. It's five uh, A Division two, five A Division one on Friday, January fifteenth, and six A Division two, six A Division one on Saturday, January sixteenth. Although I wonder if the Cowboys have to worry about pl- hosting a playoff game that day. Mm. Yeah, I, I think the UIL decided. Okay, the Cowboys are two and seven. They're not <laughs> going to be hosting a playoff game, so let's go ahead. Because that was that was the big question regarding the schedule was potentially the Cowboys could have had a home playoff game uh, the weekend of the J- January fifteenth and sixteenth. Uh, and so there were questions as far as would, would the games be held at AT and T Stadium? Would they be moved? That kind of thing. Well, obviously the Cowboys with uh, their uh, injury situation and their poor play. Uh, haven't given us that conundrum to worry about. So they are highly unlikely to yeah. be hosting a playoff game in what I think would be. I think they'd have to win a playoff game in order to then be and, yeah. and be the higher seed. Yeah, just getting in. Yeah, it's just yeah. not not happening. How do you feel about the uh, eleven and seven gap on the four A, five A, and six A's? So my initial my initial thought, because I, you know, you know, I think about this from a TV perspective. All these games, by the way, will be on Fox Sports Southwest. I can tell you that much. Um, and I think of it from a TV perspective, and I'm like, well, that means that we're probably not going wall to wall. That probably ne- means that it'll be the 11 o'clock kick. Uh, the, let's say the game ends what 2:30. That's yeah. pretty. That's pretty pretty decent estimate. Game ends at 2:30. I bet we do an hour post game show or mm-hmm. so. And then we're off the air at 3.30, and then we bring it back on maybe for a 30-minute pregame show at 6.30 would be yeah. my guess. It's, um, but the one thing I have heard – now, I have not had this confirmed, So, but this is a – this is a, a you pay for this, so we, we're okay with just speculating wildly. I have uh, – from what I understand, 
Um, they are going to, there is, there is an idea that because of COVID-19 protocols and, and limited, limited fans and things like that, those are likely, likely to still be in place. From what I understand, they're going to clear the stadium after every game. I think this is, is now for 2A and 3A, I don't know if they're going to clear the stadium because the crowds won't be as large. And I think they can easily stay under whatever the capacity limits are going to be. I think the Cowboys had around 30,000 at their game um, on Sunday uh, against the Steelers. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're working on the assumption 30,000 is the limit, which is about 33% capacity, give or take, um, at AT AT&T Stadium, under the 50% capacity, but 30,000 is still going to be plenty for the 1A, 2A, and 3A schools. But I think you start getting into 4A and obviously 5A and 6A, those crowds get a little bit bigger. And I think this gives the UIL and AT&T Stadium time to clean the stadium because uh, we've seen those stadium workers work. And they clean and they get going quick. They have an army yeah. of workers to go in there and clean. So I think this gives them time to clear the stadium, clean the stadium up, and then reopen the stadium for the next for the crowd for the next game. So uh, if you're expecting to, to buy a one ticket for the four A games and then one ticket, you know, one ticket per day for those bigger school games, it's probably not going to happen. I think it, it's going to, and I think from from a, a ma- managing the crowd standpoint, it will allow the UIL and AT and T Stadium to better. Uh, get a gauge on who's staying who you know yeah. if you buy one ticket for one game it, they can easily manage that crowd a little bit better so i think yeah. that's the biggest thing yes absolutely and so um this is the um you know it's 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 gonna be i would say so normally and and you know oh, let me put on my monocle i haven't paid to go to these games in a while uh, <laughs> hashtag blessed hashtag it blessed was, it was um uh 15, 15 bucks got you in all day I if I were a betting man, I would bet it's ten bucks a game. Okay, you're, right? you're gonna set, set it at. T- oh, I'm gonna say twelve bucks a game. Twelve bucks a game. Okay, I'm gonna guess twelve That's, bucks uh, a game. That's my guess. Yeah, because I mean they're they're gonna have to you know and and demand will theoretically you know supply will be lower so demand should theoretically be high. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, if you go to TexasFootball.com, we have the breaking news up there of the UIL state championship game schedule, which is now up on texasfootball.com and now we can plan our coverage because that had been up in the air for us too yeah we've been trying to figure out some things as well now we can kind of uh and then you know for me what's probably gonna it's gonna be weird because on for after friday night's games on the 18th of december i'm probably gonna head out saturday and go watch some 5a 6a playoff games so we're still gonna have we're gonna be in the third round for those guys so it's it's just going to be weird. We'll just, you know, we'll, we're going to adapt and adjust, and we'll get used to it, you know. But yeah, you know. I, I would say so. And so, um, we'll we'll get used to it. We'll have, of course, team coverage on Fox on on TexasFootball.com. Uh, okay, so now let's get into our Week uh, Twelve draft, six uh, A and five A games only. Um, we are going to shorten the draft. It's only going to be three rounds instead of five. And uh, I'll be honest, buddy, I'm. Uh, I'm glad we're shortening the draft because uh, the, uh, the 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 slate is uh it's a uh, it's a little thin this week. It's not a great five A six A slate. Um, last week was a really good slate in all classifications. Um, see, obviously with the playoffs going on in four A three A two A, it's not a great week. But we'll, we'll there, there's there's a few uh, gems in the, in this group, I'd say. 
Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. So uh, if you're unfamiliar, if this is your first uh, trip to uh, to Tep and Step land, welcome. This is our game draft. Step and I go back and forth selecting games. Once a game is selected, it is off the board, and then we will wrap it all up with our hipster game of the week. I won the coin flip this week. You were on a two-game, two-week two tear. I won like four out of five or something. I know. I on a tear. I won the coin flip this week, and so I get to select. Uh, I get to select the first game, and I am going to go. I think there's a couple of pretty obvious games, especially in the DFW Metroplex, that you can go with, and I'm going to go with one of them. I'm going to go seven o'clock Friday night at Allen Eagle Stadium as the Allen Eagles welcome in the Denton Geyer Wildcats in a. Is this a top ten matchup in six A? Uh, Geyer is ranked um, number 11, so just outside okay. of the top 10. So top 11 rank, uh, matchup in 6A uh, as the Allen Eagles uh, welcome in the uh, uh, welcome in the Denton Geyer Wildcats. And I think this is a really interesting study in which of which units that have perhaps underachieved our admittedly very lofty expectations can step up in a big way. Um, for Denton Geyer, the offense under coach, uh, new coach Rodney Webb and with quarterback Eli Stowers, it has been good, right? <laughs> It's been good. It's been it's, fine. I, you know, I've fun. seen him in person, and it was, you know, Crossroads a good team. I, I think the biggest thing about Geyer and their offense is the personality change. They've gone from a a physical kind of power running style to a much more up tempo kind of. I don't want to say finesse, but a much more wide open style than what they played last year under John Walsh. It's a different style. It's a different offense. Completely, it's a complete change in what they're doing, and I think it's yeah. taken some time for them to to get used to that. Yeah. And, and I think that's understandably. So now look, I think that Eli Stowers is, is special. Anything you say about him is, 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 is correct. He's special. Uh, I think that what I've been waiting for is for that other threat to step up, right? Maybe it's Byron Phillips, the running back, you know, maybe one of these junior receivers like Grayson O'Bara or Jace Wilson really step up and become that guy so that it's not just, Eli Stowers going out there and doing everything. So, so I, I really want to see if there's another gear that Geyer's offense can get into. And then on the other side, you have Allen. And Allen's, Allen's defense, I would say, through the first – what's their record right now? Their record is four now. Is that right? Yeah, oh, yeah, they, they, lost, yeah they lost a couple of games due to yeah. – at least one game due to COVID, yeah. I know. Yeah, they're four now. So through the first three games of their season, uh, their defense – pretty solid not mm-hmm. not not bad i would say something uh pretty good and then last week they played little elm and little elm god bless them not i would say not a contender is that fair to say is that uh, is that mean more than fair more than fair more than fair. little elm is now uh two and five on the year um and uh little elm went out there and they hung 610 yards on the eagles yeah uh, I, was I, I was shocked when i saw that i was like look I love, Kendrick Brown's my guy, and, and I think he, he, Little Elm. If Little Elm had stayed five A, I think they would be a pretty solid team. But going to six A, I, I just didn't expect them to do what they did to Allen. Not not put up yeah. those kind of numbers. That's that's insane. Now, now look. Here's the thing: is that Allen's Allen's offense? Well, sir, I mean, they won they won the game, you know. And, and and the name of the game is to put it in the correct column, and they put it in the correct column. Uh, they won the game. What was it? Sixty eight forty four in a wild shootout. Yeah, basketball uh, score. Uh, 
basketball score. But the thing is, is there a concern on the Allen defense? And so you've got these two units that I think we have these big questions about because we think that they're contenders. Uh, there's also the fact that Allen's never lost a game at Allen Eagle Stadium. There's the fact that they have uh, a regular season winning streak that goes back a million years. There's the fact they have a district winning streak that goes back a million years. Uh, there's a lot in this game that we're going to find out. And I think for both of these teams, we've been waiting to figure out, are they, like, to, to borrow a ticket phrase, are they tier one or are they tier two? Right? Mm-hmm. Are they in that mix of the North Shores, of the West Lakes, of the probably include Duncanville, uh, Lake Travis, right? Uh, are, are they in that uh, vein? I'll maybe put Katie Tompkins up there suddenly. Um, or are they in that second tier, which is still a, a very good tier, but has teams maybe like, uh, for now, Cedar Hill, maybe Bridgeland, maybe DeSoto, maybe Atascacita. Which tier? And I feel like this is a game that will shift that narrative, if, especially if one of these teams comes out here and really dominates the other. I'd be willing to vault them up to that tier one, but for now, we just kind of don't know about them. Yeah, I, I, I tend to lean. Maybe, maybe it's just pedigree. Lean towards Allen in that tier I, one. Yeah. You know, obviously because of the, all they've got going on. In fact, I've seen Geyer in person, and I, I walked away seeing Geyer in person. I don't want to say unimpressed, but I wasn't blown away by Geyer. Put it that way. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, Allen at home, it's, you can't pick against the Eagles at home for sure. I do think Sowers is good enough if he if he has a has a day, he's good enough to put that team on his back. And I think Geyer's defense is, is more than capable uh, of getting yeah. stops and, and making Allen work for it. So I think the key is going to be can that Geyer offense have a big day. I think if they can have a big yeah. day, um, there, there's a chance to pull the upset. But they've got to they've got to they've got to play pretty flawless football. I think Allen's yeah. going to score points. Yeah, they, they certainly will. I mean, we didn't even mention the Allen offense, which is, you know, obviously very good. I think General Booty has really stepped in and, and, and been very solid. They've got the Green brothers and Bryson and Blaine Green. Um, you know, it's an interesting measuring stick, an interesting me- measuring stick. And, and for Allen, they've still got – this is the first of a two-step where they've got them, and then uh, I think in a couple weeks they've got Prosper. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, for Geyer, this is uh, – if they win if they win this game, they, they're uh, they're basically scot-free for the district title. Like I yeah, would say, yeah. Geyer wins this one. They, they're, they, you know, they're, they're probably going to get that district title. Now, now they're probably still going to be the number one seed in Division Two because I think Prosper is going to be Division Two this year, um, mm-hmm. just with the new high school taking some of their enrollment. So Geyer's got that one key win under their belt. But I, I don't think, you know, Rodney Webb, he's he he gives Allen he gives Terry Gamble an Allen defense fits. So you know, yep. we'll see. The last time that last time they played against one another, you know what happened. So yeah. uh, that, that's that's certainly something to uh, to keep an eye on. Okay, so that's my first pick is Allen and Geyer. What is your first pick, Matthew? I'm gonna go down to the Houston area, Gregory, and I am going to take a district title game as the Foster Falcons take on the Manville Mavericks in a game that will decide uh, the 10-5A Division One title as the zone play uh, starts to wrap up uh, this week. Uh, with the two zone winners uh, hooking up in, in, I think, a really fascinating uh, top 10. I believe this is a top 10 matchup in 5A Division I. Um, uh, sounds right. Let me yeah. – I know I know Foster's in the top 10 for sure, and I believe Mandel. Foster is five man, – oh, it's five versus six. Yeah, so really evenly matched game here. Uh, I thought Foster last week got put they, – they've gotten pushed a, a little bit this year. You know, the, the high tower pushed them, and then last week Peyto, I thought uh, – opened up the game and play, you know, p- 
played Foster tough. Foster pulled away in the second half, winning twenty-eight to ten. And really, a key play in that game was that was that trick play that Foster ran on the, on the first play of the game, kind of coming out in a swinging gate formation, uh, pitching it to Cody Jackson, and he ran seventy yards for a touchdown uh, to kind of get Foster off on the right foot. But it it took that was a four-quarter game and a twenty-eight ten win over Payto. Uh, Manville got pushed as well, you know, played Hightower, and we know how good Hightower is, and Manville uh, got into a little bit of a shootout and pulled away for a 49-38 win. Uh, Gabriel Larry, you know, throws for 399 yards and three touchdowns. DeMonte Seymour runs for three touchdowns as well. And the, the fascinating thing about Manville is talking to some of their coaches, and, and I think you may have been with me when we were talking to one of their coaches at the Lone Star Clinic, uh, coaches clinic in February, which is, I know it seems like forever ago. <laughs> but I, I think that was the last real outing that we had before COVID-19 yeah. struck. Uh, and uh, talking to, th- their coaches thought they were a year away. They were talking about how young they were this year and how they were, they were probably going to be a year away. And I don't think they're a year away. I think Manville is, is a contender in region three. And I, I think they've got a, enough talent um, to, to, to take down Foster because I mean, for Foster, it's now or never. This is a senior laden ball club. They've got a lot of experience back. A lot of guys who have played up, won a lot of football games for the Falcons. They don't have to worry about shadow Creek anymore. And I think they got to get it done now because I don't think the pipeline is, is quite as strong uh, for Foster because, you know, Lamar Consolidated ISD is building new high schools and some of those, some of their, their talents already been kind of siphoned away to either Fulcher or um, I believe it's Randall high school is opening up next year. Uh, So this is kind of it. This might be the last hurrah for a few years for Foster. So uh, this is a team that's got to get it done now. And I think Manville's that team that's trending up and getting better each and every week. Yeah. And, and let me put some stakes on this game. Um, Let me, let me tell you why this game matters. Uh, if you take a look at the way the bracket shakes out, the let's assume the loser of this game finishes second in district. I think that's a fair assumption, in my opinion. I think, that's I think it's team. locked in. It, it, they actually oh. will. The, yeah, the, okay. This is for the district title, and the, the loser gets the number two seat because the, they've had okay. some COVID cancellations, so this is it. Okay. The loser of this game plays Cedar Park in the second round. There's your stakes. Okay. Yeah. The loser of this game plays Cedar Park, as opposed to right now, we project the winner of this game uh, would play. This is just based on they play uh, Baytown Lee, and then they play Georgetown, and then they play Fort Bend Hightower, who they would have they've already played, uh, and then they wouldn't see Cedar Park uh, or maybe Katie Payto if you believe in them uh, until a regional final. So this is huge stakes on the line here. That like you know because the way Cedar Park's playing right now, that's probably. Basically, I think District 10 is the power nexus of Region 3. Um, the only the only team that I th- – not the only team, but probably the biggest threat to District 10 is Cedar Park. I would agree with that. And, and, and so if you can avoid them as long as possible, that is definitely preferential for your long-term survival. So, I agree. Uh, and by the way, you know, as we start looking, it's like, all right. I mean, I don't know. I, I just have my mind on brackets all week. But, like, I start looking at that right half of 5A Division One, and I'm like, I mean, Region 4 is going to be, like, Corpus Christi Vets or, like, West Region three, The Region 3 is going to be heavy favorite over Region 4 regardless yeah. of who comes out. So, so, I don't – I mean, I don't want to extrapolate too far because you got to play the game. But, like, the winner of this game is going to be in the driver's seat – 
to potentially make it all the way to AT&T Stadium for a game that we now know will be played at 11 a.m. or I'm sorry, 7 p.m. on Friday, uh, December or uh, January 17th or 16th, rather, or 15th. I'm sorry. So um, that's a good pick, Foster and Manville. I am going to go out east, Matthew. I'm going to go. We've spent a lot of time talking about Texarkana, but we never we, we don't spend a lot of time talking about the. Uh, I mean, let's let's be honest, the legacy program out there. Uh, but I think it's time to start talking about uh, 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Tiger Stadium at Grimm Park in Texarkana. Uh, it's a battle of unbeatens in 9-5A Division II. The Texas High Tigers welcome in the Longview Pine Tree Pirates in a game that will tell us which one of y'all's for real. Because yeah, yeah. I'm not real sure both of them are. <laughs> you know, I think yeah. I I think there's an argument to be made that 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 we're gonna find out that one of these teams is gonna rise up and be like, oh, oh, you're for real, and and the other team is like, oh, maybe fade away into the background. I I I, I don't mean to be disparaging, but that, this has that feel to it to me. Yeah, I, I and I think Texas High is for real. I I, yeah. I mean that defense. With Clayton Smith, and I've seen Texas High. I've watched a couple of their games on online. That, that, that they're the real deal right now, and and they've been showing it. I think Pine Tree is good, and this is clearly Carrie Lane's best squad. But okay. man, that they got it. They they got it. They're in for a big test, having to go to Texarkana and play in a real tough road environment at Tiger Stadium. Yeah, um, Texas High. Coach Jerry Stanford's done a great job. Third year there, I want to say third year. Third or fourth year. He's been third there to fourth. fourth. Yeah, third or fourth. Yeah. yeah. But he's done a great job. This is easily his best his best team. Uh, and you're right. The defense with Clayton Smith has got dudes. I mean, they just came off shutting out Marshall, I want to say, last week. 28 nothing. Um, 28-0 Marshall. That's impressive. They've got great balance to their offense. Brayson McHenry, their quarterback, and then the running back uh, in Braylon Stewart. I think on paper you would look at this and say, okay, well, Texas High, they're at home. They're, you know, they're, 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 they've probably got the pedigree advantage over Walt Pine Tree. Why are we even having this conversation? And the reason we're having this conversation is, you know, we're fond of saying that a team's got the dude. Well, mm-hmm. Pine Tree's got the dude. Dude, DJ Freeman is awesome. Their quarterback is something special. And I want to say he's been starting since he's like a, at least a sophomore, maybe even a freshman. Um, this guy has been lights out and terrific for the pirates and has, I think really grown up in a big way. Um, and, and he's the, he's the key. He's the straw that serves the drink. He's the star. He's the star of the show. And if you, if you want to buy into a team that's gotten the guy, Pine Tree's got the guy, and I think they're just going to tell him to let it rip and go out there and, and see if you can bring home a, bring home a big win. Uh, I think Texas High has got to be your favorite. Being at home, having, I think, the superior defense, that's where I think Pine Tree may be lacking a little bit in this game. But uh, sometimes all it takes is one kid with a bunch of magic. Yeah. And, 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 and Freeman's, Freeman's definitely got that in his bag. Absolutely. He's a, he's a special player. I, mean, I talked to Kennedale head coach Richard Barrett about him because Kennedale played in that crazy game where they scheduled it the day before and then it got canceled due to the lights going out in the second quarter and it was 10 to 10. And he told me the Pine Tree's quarterback was an absolute handful. So um, I've, heard, I've heard good things about DJ Freeman and he's the kind of kid I think who could put Pine Tree on his back. Yeah. 
that's the thing. It's a, it's a big lift, big lift. I think the District 9-5A Division two titles on the line here. Uh, but uh, but I think uh, I think Texas High is probably your favorite. But keep an eye on this one because I do think that DJ Freeman is capable of putting on the cape. So I'm going to go with Pine Tree and Texas High. What is your second pick, Matthew? I'm going to head out to the South Plains, or I'm actually headed to watch uh, some games uh, this week. But it's, this is not a game I'm going to be at, unfortunately. As Friday night at Lowry Field, the Amarillo Sandys take on the Lubbock Coronado Mustangs. And if you're Amarillo High – You've got to oh. be one. You've got to be just wondering, you know, licking your wounds right now, because God. for those of you who don't know, Emerald High played their their bitter rival Tascosa last week and led twenty to nothing at halftime and led twenty seven to nothing after they returned the opening kickoff of the third quarter for a touchdown. And mind you, Tascosa runs a, a triple option offense, so you're thinking triple option offense down twenty seven nothing in the third quarter, church right. Well, Tascosa bust out a completely different offense in the second half that Amarillo had no answers for and had not prepared for and rallies for an incredible 28-27 win. Credit to Coach Ken Plunk for for not for keeping that offense in his bag, even though he was down twenty to nothing. I'm sure he had an inkling to bust it out in the second quarter. Uh, but Amarillo's got it. I mean, you talk about a crushing loss. And now you gotta come back the very next week and take on what may be the best team in the district in Lubbock Coronado. Mm-hmm. Because I'll tell you what, Seth Parr's squad is rolling. And we all know about Mississippi State quarterback uh, commit Sawyer Robertson and what he can do. And he did it last week. Throws for 435 yards and seven touchdowns and three quarters of action last week uh, in a 70-14 to 14 blowout of Lubbock High. But I think the, the story about this Coronado ball club has been their defense. It's been much maligned the past few years. And, man, that defense is lights out this year. And I think that's the key to Coronado being such a strong team this year and being a real contender in, in Region 1 here. Um, I don't know if Amarillo High is going to be able to get off the mat that quick because, t- you know, you would think Amarillo High would hope to kind of play one of the lesser teams in the district this week to kind of get back on, get back to a good feeling and kind of back get back on track. But, no, they got to take on Coronado back to, uh, after that loss. I think the Mustangs put 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 the whooping on on Amarillo High this week. Yeah, that that would be a real. I mean, you just wonder where Amarillo's heads at because I was I was watching that score on Friday night as I'm sitting there at the desk and I saw it go twenty seven nothing. I go, oh my gosh, man, I was way off about this game because I took Tascosa. I was like, I think you know, I I don't know if you know, especially Amarillo, like they had such questions at the quarterback spot. I was like, okay, they figured it out, like good for the Sandys. And then like literally I quit paying attention to it until the highlights came to my desk on scoreboard. And I was like, that can't be right. <laughs> that can't be right. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, it, 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 so yeah, this is going to be a huge challenge, I think, for Amarillo just mentally. To, like, oh gosh, yes. I can't, yeah, put I mean, that just, aside. Yeah. And by the way, they got to go on the road to, you know, uh, <laughs> it, uh, Plains Capital uh, Bank Park. But Larry, yeah, Plains Capital Park at Lowry yeah. Field. I mean, and, and you're going on the road against a really good opponent. Yeah, there's a lot I'm, working against Chad Dunham's squad this week for sure. Yeah, and by the way, I mean, you know, look, they they prepared last week for the for the triple option and then got kind of blindsided by a different offense. Well, here comes Sawyer Robertson, and it's like, okay, well, have fun with that. That'll be that'll be a tough tough matchup. But you know, look, Amarillo's got some moxie. They're gonna have to need to show every ounce of it this week. All right, my third and final pick of the draft. I am going to Jefferson County, Texas to a battle of not unbeatens, I don't think. No, Baytown Lee's had a loss. Uh, in District 9-5A Division 1, 
at Memorial Stadium in beautiful Port Arthur as the Titans of Port Arthur Memorial welcome in the Ganders of Baytown Lee. And first and foremost, let's take a moment to acknowledge and celebrate that Baytown Lee is off to a really nice start. Five and one. They really uh, are. I think Coach Tim Finn's done a great job there. Uh, Their one loss on the year was to Laporte, but they are five and one. They've already matched their win total from last year. I mean, they're in the mix for a playoff spot. They absolutely are, and and the the Ganders have been very solid. And I would say most especially um, when their defense shows up, they're pretty hard. They're pretty hard beat. And their defense, basically outside of the loss to Laporte, has been very, very respectable. Beyond that, they also are a team that can argue argue that they have the dude. Jamar Sanders, their dual-threat quarterback, does a little bit of everything for them. He is a, 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 a star. going, But the, he is, he is going to have his hands full this week. He's going to have his hands full this week because, dude, I think this Portland Memorial defense might be like a monster. Um, they they totally shut down Beaumont United last week. And that, that and I think and they did that, yeah. And Laporte they, they did it did it to Laporte a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it's it's that defense is unbelievable, dude. They are. I'm telling you, like they have. Uh, they 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 gave up. They gave up 32 in overtime to to PNG in the opener, and since then they have been locking it down. And yeah, that was a that was a white hot. Beaumont United offense. That was an that was a hot United offense, and they totally just just grounded them. It was really impressive. Jordan Thomas, their big defensive end, blue chip defensive end, he's a star. But they are look, they are they are a team. Brian Morgan has uh, has has instilled in this team a culture of toughness. This team is just tough, mm-hmm. and they are they run the ball really well. They got a pair of running backs. Uh, you know that that run the ball really well, and I think that they've had this quarterback, this Christian Olaje, or I'm sorry, Olaje is is the quarterback for Lee, who's been really really uh, strong for them. But Memorial, that they have the Jamar Sanders kid, and he has added a new element to them and taken them to the next level. Uh, this Titans team is legit. Um, I'm I'm a big believer in this in this Memorial team, and I think they've got a chance to really make some noise not only in this game. But, but going forward, uh, I think Memorial's got to be your favorite in this one. I would agree. I, I, they're the team to beat in this district, and they're kind of a, a sleep. They're, they're to kind of fly under the radar in Region Three come playoff time. You know, behind mm-hmm. the, the the powers in ten five A Division One and Cedar Park. You're looking for a sleeper. That's that's the team to watch for sure. For sure. All right. So, what is your third and final pick, Matthew? All right, I'm going to go to Texoma as Friday night at Munson Stadium as the unbeaten Frisco Raccoons take on the Denison Yellow Jackets. And for as much as Frisco has dominated District 75A Division II, there is one team that has had their number. That's the Denison Yellow Jackets. For whatever reason, and I think it's because Denison defends that Frisco wing T offense really well. Frisco has a lot of trouble with Denison. Last year, remember, Denison won, I think, 10 to 7 last year in a real kind of slugfest kind of game. And even though Frisco still won the district and Denison missed the playoffs, it just get, goes to show you that Denison on a good night can play play with Frisco and play with just about anybody. This Denison team is, is much improved this year because I think that they're a little bit more explosive and they've got the, they've got explosive and they've got a healthy Jadarian Price uh, running the mm-hmm. football for them. 
Uh, he had 164 yards and three touchdowns in, in their um, big win over Lake Dallas last week. Uh, Asa Osborne had 124 yards rushing, three touchdowns. Dennison chipped in special teams, two touchdowns as well. This Dennison offense, even though they like to run the football, is really explosive. And at home, they're they're a tough team. They're a tough team to beat because they're going to have, they'll have their fifty percent home crowd there. They'll probably have fans on the Frisco side. It's going to be a tough environment for for Frisco to play in. I know, Greg. I, know, I think you've been to Munson Stadium, haven't you? Tepper? I have. Yes. It's a that's a that's a right in downtown Dennis, and it's a cool environment to play in. It's it's a unique environment that Frisco typically doesn't see because you know. For lack of a better term, some of the environments in Frisco ISD can get a little bit sterile at times. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in Frisco, now they have the they have an edge. They've been prepping for this game for two weeks because they knew Princeton uh, had some COVID issues and had to forfeit. So Frisco's been off for two weeks and pre- prepping uh, for this Denison offense. And they've got Frisco's got that guy in Chase Lowry, the Arkansas commit, is a big time player on both sides of the ball. Frisco still runs the football well, but they have the ability to throw it when they need. I think the week off and, be, and knowing that they they had two weeks to prepare for Denison is going to really work in Frisco's advantage here. And I think the Raccoons get themselves a, a very close, hard-fought win in this ballgame. I think it's going to be fun, and I think you're right. I, I think if you like if you like running game, you will like this game. This is uh, this is going to be a, a, an old school football game. They're going to line it up and, and run it at one another, uh, and I think it's going to be uh, a lot of fun. So uh, there you go. That is your week. Uh, 12 draft. I took Alan Geyer, Texas High Pine Tree, and Porth Memorial Baytown Lee. Uh, Step took Foster, Manville, Amarillo, Coronado, and Denison, and Frisco. Uh, you'll notice that we did not take uh, Cedar Hill and Duncanville. I, you know, it'll be a good it's game. A good game. Yeah, like, it's a great game. It's just not, I, I just, you know, I, I don't think, I think the intrigue is a little off on that game just because of the D1, D2. Cedar Hill's yeah. locked into the top seed in Division Division 2. Duncanville's locked in in Division 1. Really, there's only just kind of bragging rights on the line for that game. Yeah. Thank you. Right. All right, let's get to our hipster game of the week. And Matthew, I will let you go first. Uh, actually, I, th- I need you to go first, sir, because I did okay. not look at my hipster right. games. Here's my hipster game of the week. I'm going to District 15 5A Division One. Okay. And District 15 5A Division One, I am very interested in this game when Gregory Portland visits Victoria East. Okay. Um, this is a game. I think it's fair to say that um, I think Corpus Christi Vets and Flower Bluff uh, and Victoria West, all they're 5-0, 5-0, 4-0. Let's say that they are going to grab the three three of the playoff spots. There is now kind of a four to five team scramble for the final playoff spot. Victoria East, Moody, Port- Gregory Portland, Corpus Christi Ray. Maybe you add in Corpus Christi Carroll in that mix. I don't necessarily do that, but you might. Um, that is what we've got here is this is kind of, I would say this is pretty close to an elimination game for these mm-hmm. two teams that if you're Gregory Portland, you're Victoria East, you need to make sure you come out here. Both these teams have had trouble. I would say uh, really in a lot of ways, both these teams have had trouble defensively, especially Gregory Portland. They've had big troubles defensively. They've got to pick it up defensively. Uh, the computer likes Victoria East by nine. I think that's a little bit rich for me. I think it's going to be a close game because there's so much on the line. But I think Gregory Portland Victoria East is my hipster game of the week. Uh, I'm going to go down to the Rio Grande Valley for my quote-unquote hipster game. It's not super hipster. It's one of the better games in the Valley this week. We're probably not getting 
the statewide love that it should be getting because of the late start in the Rio Grande Valley. But I'll go down 32-6A, uh, Harlingen visiting Westlaco, two of the more pedigreed programs in the Rio Grande Valley, uh, both of them unbeaten. Westlaco is, is 1-0. and uh, Harlingen, I believe, is 3-0 and at the moment, um, and one, both of them are 1-0 and in their zone. So this is a big game from, from – because I, I think this is going to mm-hmm. decide the, the crown uh, in that west zone of 32-6A and give the, the winner of this game is probably going to earn that top seed. So a lot on the line here, a couple of old rivals, you know, le- legacy programs in the Rio Grande Valley, and a game that I think is going to be a lot of fun and, and really is going to have a big impact on the playoff race down the road uh, in 32-6A. Yeah, uh, there's there's big doings. you got to be paying attention to the Rio Grande Valley because these games are going to come fast and furious. And, and I mean, I was watching a game yesterday. We're recording this too, so I was watching a game last night. Uh, I think uh, McAllen Rowe and McAllen were playing. Um, yeah, I mean, these games are coming fast and furious. you got to keep your head on a swivel. Well, there you go. Uh, tune in to Steps Road Trip. We already recorded it, and I'm tired of talking. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll, I'll, tell, you, I'll tell you guys where I'm going. Uh, it's, if you want to tell, tell you guys real quick. Yeah, it's a uh, Thursday night. I'll be in the, in the Lubbock area. Uh, 4 o'clock, I will be at Olton and New Deal at Level Land. And then I will head over to uh, Lowry Field Thursday night for I probably I probably won't stick around for the whole game at Ulton New Deal probably the first half three quarters and then head over to Lubbock uh, ISD for uh, Lubbock Estacado and Pecos Thursday night uh, mm-hmm. then Friday I'm heading to the beautiful new stadium in Floyd Data as the Abernathy Antelopes take on the Childress Bobcats in a really good uh, 3A Division II first round matchup. And then Saturday, I will matriculate down to Houston uh, for a 2 o'clock regular season game as Klein Kane takes on Klein Oak. Uh, Klein Oak trying to respond after getting upset by Tomball. At, Tomball ISD has just thrown Klein ISD yeah. for a complete loop this year in a 14-6A. Uh, and then uh, my nightcap, uh, Saturday night, another playoff game as the Chapel Hill Bulldogs out of Tyler take on the Livingston Lions at Randall Reed Stadium uh, Saturday night. They're in quarter. So uh, big weekend, yeah. and I was I was already at a game last night. I was at Grand Prairie and Arlington, which Arlington Lamar, which turned out to be a really good yeah. uh, good game. Twenty to seventeen win for Lamar. Kick the field goal with a minute left to win the game. And Livingston is our uh, team of the week on TexasFootball.com. It's our, uh, our team, team that'll be a fun four versus one matchup. Yeah, it will be because those are those are two those are two districts that I think um, are are going to be. I, I think that because of the way that it, it's structured. There's going to be a lot of uh, there. There's going to be every one of those games is going to be pretty competitive. I would bet whenever those two districts get together. So, um, all right, there you go. That's going to do it for us. I'm I'm tired of talking, man. I don't want to talk about this until uh, for for at least a minute. There you go. So, all right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Please tell your friends to subscribe to Dave Campbell's Texas Football at TexasFootball.com/slash/subscribe and step. Thanks for your courage. Thank you. We'll see you next week for probably only two podcasts. Let's have it, stuff.